Carl Dukes, Brian Baldinger with you guys. It's in the huddle. All right, let's talk about Bryce Young for a second because okay. Bryce Young has canceled his meetings with everyone else after meeting with the Panthers, the Raiders, and the Texans. So you've got Panthers, Texans, 1-2 in the draft. Raiders, I think, pick seventh. But what's this say? Has Bryce Young been promised he's going one overall? Or is this just his people going, you know what? We know you're going to be top two, top three. We don't need to meet with these other teams. Even though guys may know where they're going to be slotted, they're still meeting with teams because you just don't know how the draft plays out. What's to say about Bryce saying, I'm done meeting with everybody? I think there's a couple of things. One, the agents talk. So, you know, there, there, there can be – I mean, there used to be a time, Carl, when you'd have the number one pick signed before the draft ever started. That's right. Remember those days? Yeah, back like, in the day. Get the deal done. Yeah. Right? You're my number – and there was no drama. There was nothing. It was just a formality when it came to the draft. But we, we don't do that anymore. But at some point you go, does Bryce Young really need to go fly to Nashville? And to go talk to the Tennessee Titans. Not, no. I mean, at some point you just go, what, do I need to get on a plane and take another trip and listen to a bunch of, you know, questions? You might get to know the team and maybe down the road it's important. I just don't think – I think, I think A, he feels pretty good about being the number one pick. But even if he isn't, at some point some of these meetings are just gratuitous. Mm. You know, you've been, you've been meeting at the Combine. You've been meeting at Pro Days. You've been meeting – one on ones at dinner. The, the the circuit does get old, Carl. It would get old for anybody. If you're a college, you know, if you're a high school kid and you're doing the, you know, the recruiting circuit, it gets old. You know, at some point you just want to have a normal life. You know, like the draft is nine days away. Do I need to get on another airplane and have somebody ha go up on a whiteboard and draw up a play for somebody? Like, I, I, first of all, the tape speaks for itself. Yeah, you know, twenty-seven games in Alabama. You could talk to Nick Saban. Nick will pick up the phone and talk to you. What kind of kid he is? All the background checks. I mean, you could do all that stuff. But I just feel like at some point, enough is enough of some of this stuff. So, for those of you wondering about Bryce, and I'm not, I think he's the most talented quarterback as far as coming into the league and 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 being a difference maker uh, immediately. Um, he met with Dave Tepper while we're talking about the, the combine and all that. And he met with Tepper's wife. Dave Tepper's the owner of the Carolina Panthers. And mm -hmm. Tepper met with his parents. I mean, this is noted. Everybody, if you're, you're paying attention to what's going on. But the thing that stood out to me, Baldy, is they gave him this S2 test, which is this cognitive processing test. And he crushed it. And other guys in the last few years that have crushed this test – one named Joe Burrow, another named Justin Fields. And so if you're going, well, what's the difference between this and maybe the Wonderlick? This is about quarterbacking, processing, how fast, because you've only got three or four seconds to get rid of the football, and I got to know, and I'm snapping my fingers, where I'm going with the football. He crushed this test. And, like, the Carolina Panthers believe in this test. A lot of teams around the league do. And it's just, a, for me, it's just another thing, a notch in his belt to go, okay, tape. Heisman stats. Oh, by the way, we gave him this test and he crushed this, this processing test, which tells me he understands and how quickly he's going to have to process in the NFL. I'm just saying that to me is just an added layer of why Bryce Young is going to be the number one overall pick. I agree. I agree with all that, Carl. The thing I, you know, look, the only reservation about Bryce Young size is his size and frame. That's it. 
if he was Joe Burrow size, this thing would be a, this thing would have been done. Like it wouldn't have been like he wouldn't even gone. Like Carolina would have made the trade with Chicago, yeah. and they'd probably have the deal done. You know, so that's the only reservation that teams have to get their hands around is when he takes that hit, you know, from, you know, I don't know, Shaq Barrett. You know, mm. when he takes that hit week one, does he just get up and dust himself off and go back to the huddle? Like, that's the question mark. Um, and maybe he doesn't take hits. Maybe he just beats teams with his decision making and his speed of decision making. And the ball's just gone before he gets hit. And he just lets the NFL rules, um, you know, protect him. But that's that's really the the, the only question. I, I don't think anybody that has talked to him, been around him, the leadership, the processing, uh, you know, information, the processing component that can be measured in, a, in an exam. Um, I don't think that's really ever in doubt right now. Yeah, the size thing is interesting, Baldy, and, and again. Uh, you know, Justin Justin Fields played here in the Atlanta area, right? And I've known his family, and yeah. and we've talked a couple of times uh, or since you know his time in Chicago. But I remember the first time my daughter saw him. Yeah, and this was when he was at Ohio State, right? He okay. had transferred from Georgia, and, and we saw him out, and I was like, "Hey, you know, we're talking." And my my yeah. daughter at the time, I think she's fifteen, maybe or whatever, fourteen, and and she says, "Wow, he's a big guy." And she didn't realize that he played quarterback. And, right. and you know, he's 6'3, 230, right? Yeah. He's solid. He's yeah. solid. So, to your point, I'm just saying when you see these guys up close and personal, there's a big difference between 5'11, 195 and 6'3, 230, or Anthony Richardson, 6'4, 240, you know, 245. That's just a big difference in their frame and their makeup. And so, I, I understand the, the, those reservations from teams, I, I do, because to your point, and you've been around it all your life, when those big boys land on you, or they, or they beat their offensive linemen, and, and all of a sudden they got a free shot, and I know it's not the old days. I mean, you're not you're not hitting guys in the head, but still, that's a lot well, of power that's coming I'll give you way. two examples, Carl, to your point. I mean, I remember the first time I talked to Lamar Jackson. He, he's got a neck like a middle linebacker now. <laughs> like, you know, the first thing, I didn't even like look how tall he was. Yeah. Or, I just saw his neck. He's got the neck of, you know, Roquan Smith, you know, of a middle linebacker. Like, that's real. And then I posted a picture after uh, Jalen got uh, signed yesterday. I posted a picture. I was working out with him a couple years ago, and I was snapping to him in this, you know, this workout we were doing. And, you know, in the picture, you know, he's just getting ready to take a snap. And you just see his thighs and you see his physique. You know, this is a guy that can deadlift 650 pounds easily. Mm. Like, he is built like a tank. Like, he's always been a power lifter, you know, I mean, his whole life. Like, he's super strong. And to Jalen, you know, and, and so then you, you go, okay, Justin Fields, Jalen Hurts, Lamar. They're all built really strong and big, and they've all been hurt. All of them. Yeah. You know? And so um, that's what you have to factor that in, that this could very well happen to a guy who's not built like that, that might take these kind of hits the way Justin Fields has been hit first two years. Jalen got hurt the last two years. Uh, Lamar's been hurt the last two years. Like it's a reality when you, you don't even have to break the pocket and these things can happen to these guys. Baldy, I want to ask you yesterday, Nick Casario, the general manager of the Texans came out and basically said, I'm not leaving. 
like he was on the Wolf of Wall Street or something. I mean, he, <laughs> he was adamant about, you know, I, I should be even answering these questions. And I'm like, Nick, you've won seven games in two years. What are we talking about here? You fired two coaches. Now you've got D'Amico. I don't know even how to, to judge the job that he's done because there's been so much tor- turmoil there. I get it. He had to get past the Deshaun Watson situation, and they did. But the fact of the matter is he came out and basically said, listen, after the draft, which was the rumor, he might be leaving the Texans after the draft. And he's like, and the quote is, quite frankly, I'm almost embarrassed. I have to sort of feel like Leonardo DiCaprio and Wolf of Wall Street. I'm not leaving. So he's adamant about this. And I'm just curious about the team building aspect of this. How much time does Nick Casario get with the Texans now that he's got a new coach? And by the way, D'Amico Ryans signed a six-year deal. He's got the power now. He's got the he's got the contract that's that's bigger, okay, from a time standpoint than Nick Casario. And at some point, the, the organization is going to say, "We're going to listen to D'Amico maybe more than we're going to listen to Nick." No, no, there's no no question about it. I mean, D'Amico comes from San Francisco, where John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan had literally they both signed a six-year contract the same time. Okay, they were joined together at the hip. And remember now, John is a guy that came from. Fox Sports never did this before. Right. But Kyle recruited them. They've all been extended for the same amount of time. Wow. Okay, going forward. So the power, I mean, if you just go by the contract, is very, very split. This is like Nick has to crush this draft. He's got two number ones. He's got a two and he's got three threes. And the talent drain out of that organization Hmm. has been severe. Like, the only guy left, really, is is Laramie Tunsil, all right, with the trade they made with the Dolphins. Right. But otherwise, they have got to show severe, whether they draft a quarterback, don't draft a quarterback, whatever they do, they have to get highly competitive this year. And Nick can say all this stuff. Everybody knows in this business, Carl, you're hired to be fired because you're hired today, and if three years from now – They've got 11 wins instead of seven, or a year from now. They've got 11 wins instead of seven. Nick isn't going to be there. And D'Amico will go find his next guy. I mean, it's just like I'm not here to, to badmouth Nick Casario, but tell me where the direction of this organization has improved since he took over. That's a fair question. Like, it's not a question of, you know, how long how long you'd be here, Nick. It's like, what, what have we done in two years? Yeah, I, I uh, I'm just big on seeing how teams are built, and you know we talk about this all the time. Like all these guys, just generally speaking, these general managers, they come in with these philosophies and how they're going to team build. And you know, I, I'll give you an example, uh, Baldy. I was looking at Indianapolis ro- the roster of the Colts because we both, you know, they got the fourth overall pick. We've been talking about it. By the way, Baldy and Jason Lock on four are going to be on. Draft night, guys. They're going to do a special show. Want to make sure we let you guys know this. Baldy and I will be back next week leading up to the draft and talking about more specific stuff. But big draft night show. So uh, many ways to get all the information and take it all in. But I'm looking at the Colts. Chris Ballager, general manager. Baldy, their two best players are an offensive lineman and an off-the-ball linebacker. Seriously. It's not quarterback. Jack Leonard, Quentin Nelson. Correct. You throw Jonathan it, Taylor in there. You, you throw Jonathan Taylor. So, but, but it's not quarterback. It's yeah. not corner. Right. No, I it's, understand your point. You know what I'm saying? It's not yeah. safety. And I'm going, what is Ballard doing 
when you talk about team building and you say, how have the Colts gotten better? Now, I know they've taken a lot of risk on these quarterbacks, but like we're just talking about the Eagles and Jalen Hurts because it's been the focus today with the big contract. The Eagles' best players, right? When you look at across the board, you start going quarterback, corner, D-line, O-line. Like, I don't know. I, I think that's what we're getting at here when we talk about the Texans, but there are other teams' general managers who have to get it right. I also think Chris Ballard's got to get this right. Well, look, okay, Andrew Luck retires. <clears throat> um, that will That will – knock a lot of general managers and organizations off the rocker for a little while, but it's five years now. It's five years since Andrew Luck retired. Okay. Um, you want to go through Phillip Rivers. You want to go through Carson Wentz. You want to go through Matt Ryan and some draft picks that are just backups. Okay. But meanwhile, it looks like everything else around it is sort of collapsed. Right. You know, they're just not a highly competitive team. The offense line collapsed last year. The defense has not been rebuilt. You know, so, you know, there's a, a you know team talk about windows. They thought they were in a window, Carl. All right, and they were just a quarterback away, and they could go win the division, home playoff game. Let's go compete. Well, you know, there's three straight years of that, and probably more of that going on in Indianapolis. So, yes, if I was Chris Ballard, I'd be feeling the heat. I know Jimmy Ursay. Um, he's been very patient right right now, um, but this. This thing, this thing has to get turned around this year because we just saw what Jacksonville did this year. Yeah. Like Jacksonville just made a huge leap this year. Won a playoff game on the road. You know, Doug Peterson, like that, they look like they're the, you know, the team that everybody's going to chase in the AFC South now for a while. That's what it looks like. So if Indianapolis wants to get back in the game, they better get the quarterback position right this season. I'm with you. It's going to be fun, guys. We are counting down to the draft. It's in the huddle. Brian Baldinger, Carl Dix with you. We appreciate you, as always, checking us out and being here. The Jalen Hurts deal. Congratulations to Jalen, man. Great, great kid. I mean, he just is great guy and does it the right way. And this is him getting rewarded, as he should, through all the hard work. One, uh, one thing about that deal, though, Carl, I yeah. know we, we kind of touched on this. Like, for all these quarterbacks, we may see five go in the first round. We've talked about all their names. Like, in addition to just having a burning desire for the game of football that is very difficult to measure in, in conversations, meetings, dinners, but in addition to that, you better be mature. You better have leadership qualities. Like you better have those things as much as your talent, because if you don't have those, the maturity is huge. 24 years old, Eagles feel very confident given $51 million a year to jail because of his maturity. Yeah. He's not going to do anything stupid. He's not going to do anything reckless. It's not going to happen. Like that's one of the reasons why they feel so confident. This, the, the Kansas city chiefs feel the exact same way about Patrick Mahomes. So when you are ready to give these big contracts to young guys, you better have maturity and leadership like out there in front of everything else that they possess. All right, I'm glad you brought that up, and I got to mention this, and we'll talk more next week because Jalen Carter has met with pretty much everyone in the top 10. It's the one thing that teams are afraid of. Yep. It's not his talent. It is his maturity and his commitment. 
If Jalen Carter had those two things wrapped up and there was no fear, okay, based on the past history of what's what's transpired and what's going on at Georgia, he would be top three, okay? He might be the first overall pick because he's that dominant as far as just a physical specimen and on the D-line. But Baldy, those are the two things. And everybody keeps saying, why will he drop? If he drops, maturity and his commitment. Carl, I, I would give this exercise to anybody that's a football fan, and a lot of them do this, and I'm sure you've done it. Like, just go to, just go back and look at past drafts. And there's 10 busts in every draft. I'm not saying Jalen Carr is going to be a bust. I'm just saying there's 10 busts in every draft. Vic right. Beasley, yes. Atlanta, yeah. undersized defense van. I mean, out of the league, didn't love football, whatever. Undersized. But you could go through every draft, and you can find 10 busts in every draft. And the number one issue with almost every one of them is maturity. Like they just couldn't handle it. Okay. And it's something that you try to screen as much as you can before you draft these players, but it is maturity is and leadership and accepting responsibility and all those things that are difficult to gauge for a 21 year old kid. And most of these guys drafting, being drafted here next Thursday night are 21 years old. Yeah. Just, it's just difficult for any of us at 21 to be that type of mature, that type of maturity when there's just so much going on at such a young age with so much given to you. It is. It's, it's why I think Baldy, when we look at these contracts and everybody goes, man, that's, it's a lot of money. I, I've always said, you know, and I've had this discussion because, you know, we've we've talked about this from the terms of race where, you know, you have young black kids who don't necessarily have the access or the wherewithal to handle any kind of money that get into money all of a sudden. And it's a big responsibility. And, you know, it's it's but it would be for anybody if I gave you and I'm talking to you guys right now, 23, 24, 25 million dollar check and said, good luck. Go handle that. You wouldn't know what to do. You, no. you wouldn't know where to go. You could be 35, 45 years old, and you'd be like, what am I going to do with all this money? And yet, guys at 21 and 24, they get that, and we expect them to handle it as if they're a 50-year-old guy. And and, they, and and for those who do, it's amazing. But for those who don't, I understand why, because it's just hard. It's hard, man. Yeah. You know? So – Great stuff, Baldy, as always, yeah. bro. Hey, yeah, we'll bro. talk. We're going to talk next week. Baldy again, Jason Lock on four draft night, guys. We'll tell you more about that Tuesday when we come back. We're going to get into specifics. We're going to talk teams. We're going to talk draft picks. We're going to get Baldy's breakdowns on some of these guys. And we're going to get ready for the draft on Thursday night. It's going to be epic. Thank you for being here. Brian Baldinger, Carl Dukes. We'll talk to you next time in the huddle.